You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. for David's success during his entire reign. So David went on and became great, and the Lord of hosts was with him. Did you read that? The Lord of hosts was with him. The Lord of hosts is the commander, the chief. He was with him. What did Jesus tell us? I will never leave nor forsake you. He told the disciples that, lo, I am with you even until the end of the age. King David was a great king and a faithful follower of God. He was successful and powerful. Pastor Dave teaches today that it was because David followed hard after God and trusted that God was always with him that he found success. He became great because the Lord was with him. Remember, the Lord is with you too. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 Chronicles chapter 11 as he continues his message from Saul to David. I believe a pastor's job, I believe my job is to feed you the Word of God. That's my job. That's my main job. You remember when the, when the apostles in Acts 6, they were having trouble with the distribution of food. And, 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 and they couldn't understand why there was such a problem. And the Hellenistic Jews, which were Greek Jews, came to them and said, Hey, our women are being slighted. What's wrong with you? Our women are being left out. You need to do something about it. So they said, we can't leave the word of God and serve and wait on tables. We can't do that. Our job is to teach the word of God. Our job is to learn the word of God. So what did they do? Go find seven men. Go find seven men. Good reputation. Filled with the Holy Spirit. And they did. And they became the deacons. They became the people of the church who who did the job. It was their job to feed and distribute the food. Why? It says so right in Acts. So the apostles can spend time in the word of God so they can teach. So you see that makeup. You see that there. So David was commanded to feed. David would be their ruler and he would also be their guide. In verses 4 through 8 in chapter 11, it says, And David and all Israel went to Jerusalem, which is Jebus, where the Jebusites were, the inhabitants of the land. You can read about that in 2 Samuel 5. But the inhabitants of Jebus said to David, You shall not come in here. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion, that is the city of David. Now David said, whoever attacks the Jebusites first shall be chief and captain. And Joab, the son of Zariah, went up first and became chief. Then David dwelt in the stronghold. Therefore, he called it the city of David. And he built around it the Milo, from the Milo to the surrounding area. Joab repaired the rest of the city. I love this. The city of David. He went there. The Jebusites were in that city. It was called Jabus, and David went there, and they said, you're not coming in here, and David said, you want to bet? And they said, no, you're not coming in here, David said, you want to bet? 
Anyhow, David went in there and conquered it and took care of it. And it became his city. It became his stronghold. And it became the old Jerusalem. He will change the name to Jerusalem. It's located on a narrow ridge south of the, south of the present day Jerusalem city. The old Jerusalem city is down a little bit further south. It's between the Kidron Valley to the east and the Gihon Springs. It's really cool because the main water supply is located in a tunnel called Hezekiah's Tunnel. Remember when we studied Hezekiah? He built the tunnel that went out and the Warren Shaft. Well, guess what, folks? I was there. I was in the city of David. We sat there, and guess where we sat? We sat at the end of Hezekiah's Tunnel, which, guess where it was? It was the Pool of Siloam. It was the Pool of Siloam. Remember, who remembers what happened at the Pool of Siloam? At the Feast of Tabernacles, remember, they went down, they filled the great big pots, and they would come back, and they would empty them on the, on the steps at this great big thing. And the last day, Jesus stood up and spoke about the Holy Spirit. Remember? With that? Remember that, that whole great big scene in John 7? What a beautiful scene that was. But I was there. I saw that. Some people even got to walk through Hezekiah's tunnel. You can do that. Anyhow, I get excited about that because I was there. I saw it. I looked at it, and there it was. And we had just taught about it. I'm like, oh, my gosh, we just taught this. It was so cool to see the Pool of Siloam. But it's not inside Old City Jerusalem. It's to the south, so it's off to the side. It's not very far from the Western Wall, but it's off to the side. So, so look at verse 9 in chapter 11. This is the reason for David's success during his entire reign. So David went on and became great, and the Lord of hosts was with him. Did you read that? The Lord of hosts was with him. The Lord of hosts is the commander, the chief. He was with him. What did Jesus tell us? I will never leave nor forsake you. He told the disciples that, lo, I am with you even until the end of the age. Jesus is with us always. We talked about that. How do we know? John says, you have an anointing, the Holy Spirit in you. We have God in us, the hope and glory, Christ in us, and we have that in us. And the Holy Spirit is in us to lead and to guide us and to help us go on this life. It's Jesus in us. Pardon my excitement, but this is exciting stuff. I like this. This is fun. This is fun. In verses 10 through 47, David has men, and they're called mighty men of valor. I love that. I really like that term, mighty men of valor. And he has mighty men of valor. And we know some of the names. He says in verse 10, beginning in verse 10, all the way through 47, it says, now these were the heads of the mighty men whom David, who strengthened themselves and with him in his kingdom with all Israel to make him king according to the word of the Lord. And this is the number of the mighty men whom David had, Josh Obim, the son of Hakmonite, chief of the captains. He had lifted his spear against 300 killed by him at one time. He was a tough dude, man. Killed 300 at one time with a spear. Woo. Then we have Eliezer, the son of Dodo. I'm not going there. And Eohite, who was one of the three mighty men. And then you have the other guy. And David was Pastadim, 
Now there was the Philistines who gathered for battle. There was a piece of ground full of barley, so the people fled to the Philistines, but they stationed themselves in the middle of that field, defended it, and killed the Philistines, so the Lord brought a great victory. Now three of the 30 chief went down to the rock to David into the cave and Dulam, and the army of the Philistines encamped in the valley of Rephium, and David was then in the stronghold, and the garrison of the Philistine was in Bethlehem. And David said with longing, he says with longing. Now this whole group, remember, who remembers how many guys stayed with David? Who remembers how many guys stayed with David during David's rough time? About 600. About 600 guys stayed with him. Does anybody remember how they were, how they were uh, called, what, what, their, what their characteristics were? I'm going to tell you anyhow, so it doesn't matter. In chapter 22, verse 2, it says, here we go. And everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, everyone who was discontented gathered to him. <laughs> David had this ragtag bunch of guys, six of them. They were distressed. They were discontented. They were this and they were that. But they were all, what a motley crew that was. But they became his mighty men. They hung on David. And as we read through chapter 22 of Samuel, I remember the more they hung on to David, the more they followed David, what happened to them? They changed. They changed and they got stronger and they got tougher and they got closer to the Lord because David was exuding the Lord to them. David was following the Lord at that time, worshiping the Lord at that time, talking about the Lord, and he exuded that. When you're around somebody like that, see, I believe that our faith should be contagious. I believe that our faith, the faith that we have in Jesus Christ should be contagious. And when we're walking around, people should know we're a Christian. They should know it because it's contagious. They should want to catch it because I believe that not only is Christianity taught, but it's caught too. You, you look at somebody and went, wait a minute, I want that. And that's what they were saying of David. We want that. I really want that. And they hang around him. And they started trusting him because they saw the characteristics of the Lord in him. And, and your presence is saying something on how you act. People look to you and they look how you act and they, and they, and they look to you for different things. Now, these mighty men here, you had Jashuim, who was, his name was different in other places, but we don't know about this guy, but he killed 300 one day. He must be a toughie. Then we have Eliezer, who was the third. Eliezer is a common name. Abraham's servant was Eliezer. It means um, God is my help. Eliezer, a beautiful name. If you ever want to read a beautiful story about God the Father, Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Read the story of how Abraham sends Eliezer to get a bride. What a great story that is. And you get such a picture of God the Father, Abraham, sending Eliezer, the Holy Spirit, to get a bride for Isaac, the son. And, and, and that's a picture of what God has done for us through Jesus Christ. He's gathering a bride. He's gathering a bride, a chaste bride. And what a gorgeous picture. You should read that sometime. Maybe sometime we'll teach on it. What a great thing. But you have all these mighty men. And as you go down the list, one's mightier than the other. Now, I, I want to take a minute before we, we're going to go back. And I want to take a minute and go over to 41. Go over to verse 41. In verse 41, there's a name there. Uriah the Hittite. Uriah the Hittite. Is, is his name familiar? Yes. Who is he? Bathsheba's husband. Uriah the Hittite was Bathsheba's husband. 
And I love this guy. This guy, to me, you talk about a mighty man of valor. He is, to me, premier mighty man of valor. I'm sorry. I know others wouldn't kill a lot of people. But this guy, why do I say that? Well, David had this fling with Bathsheba. And she became pregnant. So David comes up with a scheme to call her husband back. His name, Uriah, the Hittite. He calls him back from battle, back from the front lines. And he says, take some time off. Spend some time with your wife, hoping that they would have relations. And then he could say, well, the child is yours. But Uriah, the Hittite, it says, didn't do it. Wouldn't go near his wife. In fact, he slept in the palace hallway because he wouldn't do that because his men were still on the front lines. Man, I love that. I think that's great. You talk about integrity. That is, to me, that is really cool. And because he didn't do that, David went to his friend Joab, who was the commander-in-chief, and said, listen, when you go in the battle, put Uriah up front. And that's how Uriah died. He was up front in the battle defending Israel because David put them there to cover up his sin with Bathsheba. So. Mighty men. Mighty men. Well, I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something from the bottom of my heart. The Lord has surrounded me with mighty men. He has surrounded me with mighty men. My assistant, Pastor Mark, Pastor Bill over there, up-and-coming Pastor Carl over there. I got Bud. I got Bud. I got Gordon. Mighty men. You guys are my mighty men. You guys are my mighty men. You guys hold me up when I'm falling apart. You guys are the ones who, who, who get things done and, and, and are do things around here. And I'm just so loving you guys and thanking you guys for being the mighty men. And I see that in here. David couldn't do all this alone. There's no way David could do this alone. He had to have people with him. Ministry is not one person. I've been told I only work two days a week, Sunday and Wednesdays. Ministry is not only one person job. It takes a lot of people to do this kind of stuff. It takes a lot of people to do these things. So you guys, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Because I believe with all my heart that mighty men in the Lord make a healthy church. I believe that in all my heart. A church that has mighty men, strong men in their faith, exhibiting that strength, serving the Lord, and doing things, that, to me, makes a strong church. That makes a strong church. We read in chapter 11, verses 15 through 19, David craved water from Bethlehem. Now, it's interesting. Don't get confused because he named Jerusalem the city of David, but also Bethlehem is called the city of David. Because why? He was born there. That's where he was born. David was born in Bethlehem, so it also is a city of David. Anyhow, they've been fighting, they've been doing all this kind of stuff, and David says, you know what? I'm longing for this Dulam cave. I'm, I'm, now he's hiding in the cave. I'm longing for some water from Bethlehem. I'm longing for a drink from Bethlehem. And his mighty men risk everything to go get him the water. They risked everything. They could have been killed. They could have been cut a billion pieces. And, and they risked it. And they brought it back to him. And despite their courage and their persistence, what did David do? He poured it out. He couldn't drink it. 
He couldn't drink it. He was so honored. He gave it to the Lord as an offering. He was so honored by what the mighty men had done. I could see him almost being brought to tears as he looked at it and says, I can't drink this. I got to give it to the Lord. He took the very best that these mighty men had given him and he offered it back to God. Ah, oh, what a beautiful picture. What a beautiful picture we see here. Making it to chapter 12. We're going to get there, folks. We see those who were devoted to serving David. In verse 1 to 3, it says, Now these were the men who came to David at Ziklag, while he was still a fugitive from Saul, the son of Kish, and they were among the mighty men helpers in the war, armed with bows, using both the right hand and the left, and left the hurling stones and shooting arrows with the bow. They were of Benjamin, Saul's brethren. So these Benjamites came and helped David. They helped him. And then we have the names here, and they start all the names moving on. And there's a, mount, a great mighty men. They were called helpers in war. Now, I looked at the word helpers in war, and the men I just described here at Calvary Chapel, I call them co-laborers in Christ. Because they are co-laborers with me. We are all co-laborers together in Christ. So that's what these guys are, co-laborers. And they're great warriors, and they do remarkable things. They do remarkable things. They chose David over Saul. Saul was a Benjamite. These guys were the tribe of Benjamin, but yet they saw something in David that they thought was important, and what they saw was the Lord. And you see how diverse David's army was in verses 3 to 15. All these different people, all these names, look at them. There's so many different names there that you could go through, and there's so many cool things there, so many really interesting things. The Gadites were impressive soldiers. They were mighty men of valor. They were trained in battle. They could handle the spear with both hands. And they, their faces, it says, were like faces of wild lions. How'd you like to fight them? Their faces like were, were faces of wild lions. Yeah, I want to see those guys in a dark alley. Yeah. And then in verses 16 through 22... David receives these loyal soldiers at Ziklag. They come, he comes out to meet them. He comes out to meet them because he loved them and he knew what they were giving up to fight for him and fight for the Lord. And it, it overwhelmed him. So he came out to love on them. He trusts in God, but he has such a large heart for his men. He received them. He received them, even the ones that might have been suspect. He told them. And then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Amasi. Literally, the Spirit clothed Amasi. This Old Testament phrase is only used in Judges. And we read it right here. It says, we are yours, O David. We are on your side, O son of Jesse. I'm in verse 18. Peace to you and peace to your helpers, for your God helps us. That's wonderful. It's wonderful. David's God could be their God. It should be their God. They should recognize their, David's God as their God. I love that. Someone who shines the light of the Lord will always be followed, will always be followed. As you go down, you see all the tribes are pitching in. As you start, you look down here in, in from 22 down. All the names there of the tribes who came in, 6,000 here, 7,000 there, 640,000 there, blah, 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 all these men, all these wonderful men are coming to help David out in his time and, and to be with him and to do these things. From each tribe, all the tribes sent representatives. Every single tribe sent people. Even the Levites. Even the Levites came to help. And it's interesting because according to that, they weren't supposed to be a warring tribe. 
They weren't supposed to be fighters and battlers. They were supposed to be taking care of God and God's word. But they came and they helped out too in many, many different ways. The sons of Ishkatar, all these stout-hearted men would keep ranks. They would be there. They weren't double-hearted. They were like-minded. They helped David because they had unity. Unity is the key to a healthy army. It's the key to a healthy church. Unity. Being of like mind. Not disagreeing on the major points. Well, there might be some leadway on the minor points, but on the major points, we don't disagree. We don't disagree on that major things that keep us and make us Christians. These guys didn't disagree on those things. They helped David. They helped David. Who once, Every once in a while, David would get a little weird, and they'd help him come back, and they were completely loyal to him. Loyalty is so strong. Loyalty is so important. They were committed to their king because they were committed to God, and they kept ranks. In verses 38 through 40 in chapter 12, they made David king, and they had a great big celebration. Why not? But you know, David didn't become king until seven years after Saul's death. So all told, he probably waited 27 years before he was king. A ruddy little teenage run, 27 years later, now becomes king. The people of God gathered together, and they recognized David as king. And this is significant in a kingdom when you have a king, that the, all the people would recognize David as king. David didn't force his reign on the people because he had a heart towards God. He waited until they were willing to make David king. God didn't force them to do anything. He waited until they were having a willing heart for God. I think this is, this is something that we need to look at. You can't force anyone to be a Christian. You cannot force them to come into the kingdom of God. They have to choose it. They have to want. God, through the Holy Spirit, has to touch their heart and draw them in. You can't force them in. Because I'll contend if you can force them in, they can be forced out. We, we can't do that. There was great joy in Israel. They had their rightful anointed king, and he would serve them, and things were great. And David was going to be their leaders, and he was going to rule for a long time. And yes, he was going to have problems. And yes, he was going to sin. And yes, he was going to make mistakes. But he always had a heart after God. And every time he sinned, he would go to God and ask for forgiveness. He would get on his knees and face before God and ask the Lord to forgive him. David was a man after God's own heart and even after the sin of Bathsheba, when God told him that his family would be ruined, his family were all going to die by the sword, there was going to be horrible problems there, that the baby that he and Bathsheba had was going to die. And as much as David grieved, he knew God was right. And he followed hard after God even still. Even still. And he says after the baby died, I'm going to see him again. I'll be there. Should I go up to him? He can't come to me, but I can, I'll go up to him, which gives me great hope for young people who die in, before the, for, in the Lord. It gives me great hope. So David was a man after God's own heart, a wonderful warrior, but a man God used greatly because of his availability and because of his love that he showed the Lord. You are You've been listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave. Pastor Dave comes to us from Calvary Chapel, Cape May, in Cape May, New Jersey. 
And in today's message, Pastor Dave is in the book of First Chronicles. In this book, we witness the kingship of David. What was it that made David such a great king over Israel? No doubt he was a mighty warrior, full of faith and courage. But that's not what made him so great. His greatness came to him because he followed God. When a choice was before him, he went first and asked the Lord what to do. When you face choices in life, what is it that you do first? It might be tempting to first look at finances or talk to a friend. But if you want to be great like King David, seeking God and his wisdom is the first thing to do. As we progress through the story, we'll see times that God sends David into war and others where he directs him to avoid war. We can only know God's direction by seeking his face. Here at Assure Hope, we'd love to do that with you. Are you facing a difficult choice? We'd love to seek God's face in prayer with you. You can email us your requests at info at capewatchradio.com. Once again, that's info at capewatchradio.com. Or you can call us at 609-884-5821. That phone number, again, 609-884-5821. Well, we've come to the end of our time together for today. We'll be back, though, and we hope to see you again here on Assure Hope. Set our hope on the base. Sure.